0: Welcome to another episode of Mortal Therapy. We had a slight hiatus, but today I'll be, I'll be, I said I'll be like it was I'll be sure. <laughs> Elijah Juan Peoples and myself, at Christopher Blue. Today we'll talk about the problem with bullying. Bullying. That's a big topic, right? I mean, we. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you if you experienced bullying as a child. You look like the type that was probably bullying people. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I was a little I was a little bit of both. I did bullying a little bit. I was bullied a little bit. You know what I'm saying? What we're talking about?
1: Well, I mean, you know, I think it's something, man. It's it's a problem that I feel like everybody can relate to, man. You know, I know we we're around the same age. You know, I. I'm 40 this month, my birthday at the end of the month, I'm 40. So, you know, I know we, we're not the same age group, but I don't think it's anybody, man, that's anywhere in that that 35 to 44 age range that can honestly say they never experienced some type of bullying. You know what I mean, Felipe, like, you know, coming up through, like, middle school, elementary, high school and all that. Because even if you was the type that was, quote, unquote, a bully, even bullies get bullied. All right. And we're going to talk about that. You know, it's research out there that, uh, you know, people that are experts in the field, like these PhD psychology folks, Mm -hmm. clinical social workers, therapists, uh, you know, CDC experts, public health experts. There's a lot of research out there, man, talking about bullying. But a lot of people don't realize a lot of bullies are actually bullied. You know what I mean? You can be a bully and a victim at the same time. And we'll and we'll touch on that in a second. So, yeah, man, I, I think it's a problem that, um, A lot of time, you know, I would say like in the past 20 years or so, it's been down. It's been downplayed. But in the past five to 10 years, I feel like as a society, as a whole, it's been one of the social issues that's been coming to the forefront that people are really starting to, um, you know, focus on and pay attention to, man, because, you know, we live in a time now where people are actually ending their lives, bro, because of bullying. You got kids that anywhere from that 12 to 18, um, 12 to 18 year old age range that are actually killing themselves due to bullying. And there's been numerous cases where people have ended their life on um social media, Facebook Live, numerous cases where people have, you know, kids have talked other kids into taking their own life. So all that stuff is a form of bullying, man. And this, um, I feel like as mental health professionals, we could be like a part of the, a part of the solution, you know what I mean? Indeed.
0: Indeed, indeed. Bullying, you know, like you say, is it's prevalence. There's a high prevalence of bullying in the African American um community. But what what is bullying? You know what I'm saying. I mean, do we right. even let what is? Let's look at the definition, right? Yes, sir. So, bullying. Go go ahead. I mean, bullying, you know, it's. I think it has different forms. Now, I think, luckily, I grew up in an age that there wasn't digital bullying, because you know, right. I didn't really have a smart computer until I was like almost grown. So, when well, not even a smart computer, a multimedia computer. Um, but now with the social medias, you know, that can be a form of bullying, you know, people on your posts harassing you or DMing you, talking what? down to you, talking down in your post. My um mm-hmm. my daughter, one of my daughters had that issue and she was being bullied because she was she's an artist, she's a digital artist. And there's people like, you know, teasing her about maybe her art wasn't up to par in their opinion oh. or whatever. Down on her because she liked anime and she's supposed to be African American, yeah. Um, and I really hurt her, you know. At one point, we, me and her mother was very concerned about her, you know, possibly committing suicide but since there was such an uptick in the community at the time. And still, still today, I mean, when I was coming up, you never heard of one of us ending their lives. By yeah. i mean, like I never even heard of suicide until I became at least for our community until I started seeing it when I became a mental health therapist. When I was more you know addressing the needs of my community but of course that's just harassing somebody pushing on somebody being abruptly aggressive towards somebody sometimes to get what you want sometimes just to, to feign power myself i was bullied on a school bus a lot of times i was bullied because i wore glasses i've been wearing glasses since the fourth grade it wasn't a touch transition to malcolm x glasses in which that bullying seemed to cease because now you can't talk about me. My glasses cost more than
1: your whole three outfits. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey, man. Yeah, this, but, but that's, that's real. That's real. I, I respect man. But, um, yeah, man. And this, and this cyberbullying, man, is, is, is crazy. Like you said, you know, we grew up in an era where I don't think like, I mean, I mean and you can look into it like the internet and all that stuff didn't really become like coming to like mainstream use into like you talking like, late 90s, early 2000s. Because I remember when I first really started using the internet in school, it had to be around like 99, 2000, which would have been like mm-hmm. around my freshman, sophomore year. But you know, the military had been around, I mean, I mean, internet for the military had been around for a while, since like the 80s, you know, they was using it, but like just mainstream, everyday, layperson use, that didn't really come around for real, for real, to like that late 90s, early two thousand era. You had a few people you know, like if you was in that, that line of work, computers or programming or tech, they, they they might have been using them. So now you're talking about where kids 12, 13, 14, 16, um, doing cyberbullying. That was unheard of, man, like you said, when, when, when we was coming along because we just didn't have we didn't have the means, right? And mm-hmm. um, people taking their lives in middle school was really unheard of back then. You had a few incidents where you may hear, but now, man, it's like commonplace for somebody that age to to end, um their lives and you know me as an assessment clinician i work in i work in an inpatient facility so it's like a hospital for kids so what i do all day long right is i work in like a, a, a interdisciplinary setting where it's, it's a hospital so they come kids come there and as an assessment clinician my job is to do assessments obviously based on you know my clinical interpretation of what the child dealing with i either admit them to our lbc which is a uh, facility based crisis, then they can stay there for up to two weeks, or I admit them to our B hook, which stands for behavioral health, urgent care for 24 hour observation, or I just refer them out for either outpatient or residential treatment, all right? Man, when I tell you that this has really been an eye opener for me working with, and and I've been working with kids across the life, like population across the lifespan, but working specifically with, because the, the the behavioral health, urgent care goes from like kids age four to like, 21 years. I think that's the cutoff. But I've never seen so many kids come in 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 with suicidal ideation, self induced behavior, um, sexual identity problems, like that stuff. would just it just wasn't place when I was when I was coming up. But now it's like the norm. So um, and that's a risk factor for bullying. Your sexual orientation. So you right. talk about what is bullying, right? And if you look right. at uh, the definitions, it's a few different definitions, but they all pretty much overlap. So the CDC states that bullying is a form of aggressive behavior in which someone intentionally and repeatedly causes another person injury or discomfort. It says bullying can take the form of physical contact, words, or more subtle actions. All right. Now, you know, what's really interesting about this thing, Felipe, is when you look at the literature on bullying, you look at some of the research on bullying, right? And some of like what the global statistics are saying, um, depending on, you know, where you are, the population that you're bullied, the sample size and all that stuff. You know, some studies indicate that African-American just, um, kids are, are, are bullied at a higher rate. Then you got other studies that say um, Caucasian kids are, are bullied at, the, at, the, um, at a higher rate. But I think it's important to note that um, it kind of depends on the sample size and the location, all right? Because it's mixed evidence regarding bullying. And, um, you know, but experts say that, you know, black children are bullied in larger numbers and, and in multiple instances, more than white children. And I thought that was interesting because African-American kids and kids of color, they have a different component that they have to, that, that's attached to bullying, right? Because, right? because, and what I mean by that is, a lot of experts say that bullying among African American youth, of, of color, or color, or, or should I say, uh color, uh, youth of color, which is anybody non-white, a lot of research say that the bullying for, for uh, kids of color uh, is underreported because mm-hmm. the way that black children are perceived, all right, and 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 that can impact how school officials and officials react to bullying bullying claims because right. a, lot, a lot of black youth tend to be perceived as um, more aggressive, more hostile, right? And so that um, they're less likely to be believed as opposed to um, their white counterparts, and that plays affected. And I think that's interesting for Felipe because I was reading that when the pandemic started, you know, there's some studies that say a lot of black kids was re- reporting decreased amounts of bullying because they weren't going to school; they were they were at home doing you know learning and doing online work and stuff. So they didn't have to be teased because of their race all right, or because of where they live. So I find that very interesting, man. And, and I know you probably have some thoughts on that, but, but, um, African-American kids and, and, you know, actually I read one study, that says a recent report noted that, well, actually let me, let, let me, let me back up. So I read a couple of different reports. One says a recent study found that almost 40% of the students surveyed who were victims of bullying were black compared to 33% of the of white students it says there were also significant percentages of multiracial students who were who were bullied additional research notes that african-american children were more likely to be victim victims of bullying all right but it says however other studies indicate white children are more likely to be to be victimized a recent report noted that 25 percent of white students aged 12 to 18 were, were bullied compared to 22 of black students all right and again um that's going to depend on the racial composition of school the study synthesize, and all that type of stuff. So you do have some mixed results when it comes to that. But I think like it's fair to say that African-American kids are probably bullied um, in higher rates just because the, the racial component. You know what I mean?
0: But then we also have to look how research works. Research serves a purpose too. So you, who's to say that that's even an accurate snapshot of what's going on in our community i know myself when i was bullied i never told my social worker i never told my guidance counselor i don't think i even told my mom but maybe once and when she came up to the school and showed out i never told her again so how are they gathering this information based on our culture we're not really forthcoming regarding those type of interactions especially as male because we don't want to be seen as weak
1: yeah and that and that and that does affect the felipe and that's interesting that you should bring it up because they because like you said like um you know a lot of african-american kids and kids of color you know they're less likely to report like you said you didn't report to your school so your your school um social worker but they were saying one of the reasons for that is because if you're less likely to be believed or you got a school official telling you that you're a liar pretty soon you're going to internalize this okay well uh ain't no point in me telling nobody because nobody's gonna believe me, right? So again, that that's why a lot of this stuff can go underreported. And 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 so like, you know, that that plays an effect in it, you know what I mean? And um again, you know, like you say, when you when these people are doing these studies and and um you know looking at these samples and these populations a lot of times think some things are on on the candid for you know like not like like underreporting you know what I mean and not being believed that type of stuff so the numbers the numbers can be skewed but i think uh a a lot of the research that i looked at uh you you know you 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 were seeing a lot of overlap you know what i mean a a lot of overlap so i think that's important that that we note that and the types of bullying that that there are you know you got physical bullying such as kicking or pushing Mm -hmm. verbal bullying such as name calling Mm -hmm. relational bullying that's exclude that that's like spreading rumors and stuff like that, or, or excluding people from activities. And then of course, cyberbullying, sending hurtful messages, you know, things like that, spreading rumors um, on on the internet. And all of that stuff plays an effect on um, on a person's mental health. Um and I and I think it's interesting, man, that uh we're shedding some light on this. Cause I look back at my my days in like middle school and high school, and I realized that you know, I was, I was bullied at times. And I also participated in the bullying. I I, I did more bullying than, um, than, than, than was, than when it was the victim but I was more of the perpetrator than the victim. And a lot of times, um, Felipe, it's a simple matter of just having a conversation with your children, which a lot of parents just don't do, man. And I'm, a, you know, I, I like to play devil's advocate, you know what I mean? But, at the same time, I like to be just truthful and forthcoming. But a lot of people our age, like 40 to 45, they got kids 10, 12, 8, stuff like that. We got to do better in our community in terms of um, emotional connection with our children, talking to our children about how's your day, you know, what's going on at school? You know, what's your social life like at school? Those type of things. Is anybody bothering you? Because those type of interventions is is, is what, you know, experts and people like the CDC say can really kind of get to the root of the problem, lead a person to identifying all type of resources and stuff like that. But we don't do that. We, we've we gotten away from that, man. And, and that's more like olden days, but that's something that we got to do. You know, we get so caught up in paying the bills, running the household and, and um, you know, doing this and doing that, that that emotional um, um connection and just being emotionally present. A lot of times we're not there and we don't know what's going on with the kid. You know what I mean? Right.
0: This is true.
1: Yeah. And so um, it makes me think back to when I was like in high school, I remember um, we I remember being part of a group. I was always like kind of one of the kids that was like part one of the popular kids. Right. But, you know, I had a lot of different associates and groups of friends because of my personality. I didn't just I didn't just hang out with I could go and hang out with all types of kids. Right. And a lot of and a lot of folks can't do that. You know, so, but I can hang out with inner city kids. I can hang out with rich white kids. I can hang out with Asian like because I just had that personality where I kind of connected with everybody. Right. And I remember a time in high school. It had to be like my freshman or sophomore year. We was on a bus and I remember this Asian girl. um, We used to bully her. Nobody Mm -hmm. would let her sit beside them. You know how it is in high school when, you know, the bus is making their stops and people are getting on. And, you know, you know that you know that's a tricky time in life right That you you know you got it's real clickish you got you know people got their groups of friends the ones they don't like this and that and again people getting bullied but i remember man i'll never forget and you know as i reflect back on the years later it made me think like damn like why would we do something like that like you think it's funny when you're 14 15 but you know later on in life when you can see things from a different lens you realize how actually cruel it is and um this girl, like, had one of the last stops on our, on our bus. And so when she would get on, nobody would let her sit next to them. Like, she would have to go over to the back of the bus, man, because, like, you know, it may be somebody having an open seat, right? And they will put their book bag there, right? For no other reason, because she was Asian. So people would, you know, she didn't, I don't know if she had a lot of friends in high school, but I know on the bus, you know, because I think she might have been, like, a freshman, my sophomore because I had to be, like, a sophomore at that time. And nobody would let her, she would get on, and, and people like, no, nah, somebody's sitting here nobody clearly sitting there they put their bag there she would wind up having to go over to the back of the bus and it would be somebody nice enough to let her sit there but i look back on that like wow because one of my close buddies that i was friends with we still friends now and i was like man we had a conversation one day i said you remember we used to do that to the asian girl i was like dude i don't even understand why we did it right and we both was laughing like man that girl's probably a doctor now like literally you know what i mean so that type of stuff like that goes on a lot man you know like that that's a form of bullying refusing somebody a seat on, on a bus when they're clearly entitled to sit down like any other student. But if you're not talking to your child, if you're, if you're not emotionally present you don't have that kind of rapport, man, you just will never know. There's so many kids that get bullied and their parents have no idea. So, um, yeah, I think that's, uh, that's important. And we have to shed light on that, man. And we have to be supportive of our kids and we have to, um, be aware of these resources out here, things that we could, we, you know, we can um, talk to our kids about in, in ways we can help them. You know what I mean?
0: Why do people bully? Al, before we go there, though, when you were bullied, like I said, I, I knew you was a bully. I, 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 I peeped at, you know what I'm saying? This was my interaction. You know what I'm saying, but so when you were bullied, what what were they? What were some of the pinpoints of why somebody was bullying you? Was it like you was a freshman coming in, and the older cats tease everybody, no matter who it is? I mean, what was it?
1: Well, I mean, oh yeah, it's a lot of different reasons. But I know, like when when, when I was bullied, I know just like and it it was would, I wasn't bullied I wasn't bullied frequently, but I was bullied by a guy that was uh, lived in my neighborhood, and he was a bigger stature. You know, we was all like in junior high school, it was like 13, 14, but he was a big guy. You know how some people just big for the age and he used his size to intimidate kids, like taking their things and he used to steal people's bikes, that type of stuff. And um, yeah, man, he just was a bully for no, for no other reason than he could. Right. So, you know, what I did was I tried to align with him because I didn't want him picking on me. So I tried to be, and that's something that's common that you'll see happen. A lot of times, kids are trying to align with a bully and bully other students because they don't want to be the victim and so like I know with that that particular reason that guy bullied for no other reason than he was just big and he could but um some of the other reasons people may bully man could be they could be lashing out for attention okay so then these are just some some of the things I came across in research such as like the CDC website other mental health websites like very well Mind stuff like that but Lashing out for attention, all right, because they lack that at home or elsewhere, right? Because they could be being bullied by older siblings or adults, such as parents and teachers, coaches and things like that. And that's something else, Felipe, we got to kind of touch on. A lot of people's first bullies are their parents, man. That and, and and I know that may sound crazy, and that's something that we don't probably think about, talk about a lot, but a lot of people first bullies, bullies are their parents, okay? So, yeah, you know, they could be getting bullied by somebody they could try to be they could bully to kind of for their own social status among their peers. You know, they may feel like they're low in the totem pole because they are not that smart or they can't read that good. Like the guy that I was talking about that used to bully, we called his nickname was fat Albert. All right. He was a big guy. You know, he probably was already six feet tall when he was in the eighth grade. He was, you know, some people just naturally big. It was just, it was just natural size. And, um, yeah man, he, he was a big guy. And uh he 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 liked to bully people because but he couldn't read that good. All right. And I think that was one of the ways he made up for not being able to read that good. He bullied other kids. So we're looking at things like that. Um trying to fit in with other kids who 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 are bullies. You know that that's the reason people bully. Um insecure, okay. They feel incompetent or they have poor self-esteem. You know, those are other reasons um, kids bully. And I think that was one of the main reasons why, you know, the guy that I had experience bullying with, he definitely had low self-esteem. You know, he probably felt insecure because he couldn't read that good. He was in special education, things like that. So, you know, you, you it's a lot of reasons why why, why people bully. But um, being aware of that can can also help. And um, it, can, it can help. In terms of um, prevention and just making kids um educated on, on why people are bullying so they can kind of deal with things differently. All right. Um some bullies may feel emotional relief from it from it because of their own security. So they dominate others, all right. And um a lot of times they don't accept um consequences, they blame other people for their actions. Okay. So, you know, it's a host of reasons why why people bully, but I think um feeling insecure, um they may get um, bullied themselves or they just they just they need attention because they just not getting it, all right they're insecure about about some so you see all these different reasons why, why people bully but um again man this is something that we have to pay attention to and we really have to be emotionally connected with our children and that's the only way to really support them you know what i mean
0: you never got to think about the consequences of bullying. I know for myself when I bullied somebody, his name, I won't even say his name, it was the fact is at one point we were friends and then we got to high school and I was in a different um, situation so I didn't want to really be his friends and I knew all his weaknesses and I i guess for lack of a better word and prayed on it. I sometimes think about this person. I think about the, the harm I did, I did him because he really decompensated behind that bullying or that lack of friendship. And somebody that he trusted, somebody that you know was supposed to be on his side, turned against him, and then humiliated humiliated him over time. He um he tried to burn my house down. He um stole my bike. He um wow. he, uh, left um threatening letters about how he's going to hurt us if you don't leave money in a a bag at this location, and um, police got involved, but he was um, he was institutionalized. You know what I'm saying? It was just the fallout of what I did, and I can't take 100% responsibility for it, but I know it was a factor. You know what I'm saying? I um, yeah. twenty well, 30 years plus later, I'm thinking, where is he now? What is he up to? I mean, I never Googled him. I don't think I had the art to Google him, what no. if I see something really damaging, like he killed himself or he's incarcerated or something like that, right. and I keep that yeah. pain home? Why did I bully him? I bullied him because I could. You know what I'm saying? Um, there you go. I guess maybe my own lack of self-worth or self-esteem to build myself up. At least yeah. I'm better than him. Um, yeah. I had a lot of unsurety because I, was, you know, I wasn't always six feet. I was really small up until like 16, 17 years old, when I had my my growth spurt. Um, I had a single mom. My mom and dad divorced. We were relatively poor for a long time. Um, And my mom had her own mental health issues that were very prevalent during that time. You know, I probably bullied him to feel better about my situation. Um, And I regret it because honestly, I hurt him. And we're not supposed to be on this planet to hurt people. What? Exactly. When I was bullied, because bullying him deflected off people bullying me, because I was bullied. Like I said, the glasses, not having the best shoes or the best clothes, not having the best parental situation, not living in the best neighborhood. As the neighborhood I lived in was in front of the richer neighborhood. So I couldn't say I lived in Pepper Hill. I stayed in Pepper Dam. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, man. And everything you saying um is um is is valid. You know what I mean? Um and that's why, like you said, man, now that I have children on my own, one of the things I always teach them, man, you know, my wife and I, you know, like no matter what you do, man, you go through life and you be kind. You 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 know I teach my kids to be kind to people, you know what I mean? And 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 you know, and 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 I'll teach them, you know, that's the how that's the way you want to deal with people, man, because what you put out in the universe is what you're going to get back in, man. And I just, I'm, I'm really a firm believer of that. And it don't really matter if you, and I know some people may have things that they kind of gravitate to like religion, spirituality, you know what I mean? Meditation. And all that stuff is great. You know what I mean? And it has its place, but I teach my, my kids be kind human beings. You know what I mean? Because um, you just never know, man. And, and like, you know, it's something my wife told me one time and, one and the therapist that I was seeing at at a particular time told me too, because I had an issue. I had had an incident with somebody in in a public place, and I was um sharing it with him. And it was it was like it was like a merchant, you know, it was, it was a commerce. I had a business. I was trying to purchase something of the store. I got into it with the owner of the store about something. And, you know, we had a mis a disagreement. I would just say we had a disagreement about price, and I was more so trying to get an understanding. And I guess he took it personal, and he said what he said, and I've and said what I said. And so. I was talking to my wife about it and I was talking to my therapist about it at the time and they both made me realize something that they said, they was like, you know, everybody in this world is fighting a storm that nobody else knows about, Felipe. You know what I mean? And I'm paraphrasing. I may not have the exact wording of what he said, but everybody is dealing with something, man, that nobody knows about. When people go to school, they go to work, they go social, whatever they do. Everybody dealing with something. Now, they may not show it, But you don't know what that person is dealing with in the the world in terms of thoughts, feelings, emotions, impulses, memories. So we have to think about that. And that's why I teach my children, I don't care whatever you do. You treat everybody with respect. You treat everybody with kindness. You know what I mean? Because you don't know because for one, it's just just the right thing to do. You want to be a decent human being. I'm raising decent human beings. And for two, you never know what somebody's going through. And so, you know, the consequences of bullying can be dire, man. And, and I just think about that because um, again, you never know what somebody going through. And it's like um I was talking to my wife one night and I was like, um, like, and I cause I have a brother that he's homosexual. I got three brothers. And one of my particular brothers identifies as a homosexual male, All right. And, you know, that's his business. You know, his sexual orientation is, is his sex orientation. And he's my brother. I don't not, I don't love him any less than any of my other siblings. But I was talking to my wife about it one day, and I made this statement like, man, you know, I hope neither one of my boys are homosexual, right? And um, not a gay basher or anything, but the reason I was telling her that because, you know, you have, you know, every parent have an ideal of what they want their kids' life to be like, right? You know, you want them to get married and have grandchildren uh, and give you grandchildren and things like that. And so I was telling my wife that, and I was like, man, I hope, you know, neither one of my boys wound up being homosexual. And so my wife was like, well, if they do, you know, how you going to feel about that? How you going to act? I was like, I'm still going to love them. I'm not going to love them any the same, but it'll be a loss because it'll be a loss for the life that I had in mind for them. You know what I mean? But, you know, person orientation is their orientation. And then my wife made a comment. She said, well, I'd much rather my son be gay and be a kind person, a decent person, a nice person that contributes to society than to be a heterosexual butthole out here homing people committing crimes, locked up incarcerated somewhere. And man, I thought about that, bruh, and that hit heavy. It, hit, it really hit heavy. And I and I was thinking about that and I was like, yo, she right. Because at the end of the day, I I, I would rather my, my kid to be a kind person that contributes to society. You know what I mean? And so it's it's kind of like when you when you think about bullying and the consequences, I mean they could be dire, man. You know, they can result in physical injury social and emotional distress, self-harm, and even death, not to mention bullying increases the risk for depression, anxiety, sleep difficulties, lower academic performance, and dropping out of school, all right? So um, it's important to to realize um, the consequences of bullying and and to to be sure that we're talking to our children and teaching our children that bullying is is not nice and that if they know a friend or they experience bullying, they need to talk to somebody, all right? It can increase the risk for substance misuse, um, violence later on in um, adulthood and all that type of stuff. The um, CDC even say that youth who bully others and or bully themselves suffer the most serious consequences and are at greater risk for mental health and behavior problems. So what that basically means is if you have a child or you know a child that's um, a victim of bullying or a, a consistent bully themselves that put them um, at risk for being incarcerated later on in life. Okay, so that's why it's so important that we intervene at the most crucial time, during during um, elementary years, during middle school years, and things like that, so that we can redirect some of this behavior, man, and, and let children and, and know that hey, you know, um, you don't have to deal with this. You know, you don't have to deal with bullying. It's resources out there for parents. It's resources out there for students, teachers, all that stuff. You know, and 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 it's mental health. Um, licensed professionals and advocates, we have to kind of bring awareness to that, man. You
0: know what I mean? Indeed, indeed. Preventing bullying. I mean, you already touched on it, you know what I'm saying? Having these conversations with your children, supporting your children. I think open lines of communication are really important because I know my bullying got to such a high point. I didn't tell my mom until it was practically too late. You know what I'm saying? My sister didn't tell my mom until she basically had a mental health breakdown. I like the concept of eating at the table at the same time with no social media, with no televisions, where it's just y'all focused on mindfulness, eating and talking. How was your day? Blah, blah, blah. You know, what's going on? Da-da-da. What do you know? You want to talk about anything? What are you going through? What did you learn today? Et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I find that we're more, what we call it, microwave TV dinner <laughs> type of society. Oh, oh yeah. we, we, we eat and go, or we eat fast and we go. We don't really have conversations, or we're highly distracted while eating. I am a foodie, so I like to be mindful in my approach to eating. I think it's very important not to have my phone, very important not to have the television on. I might have some music in the background, but it won't be my serious XM 45 or anything like that. It might be some like low grooves or whatever. Right. But that conversation is very important. Now, I'm not saying I do it every day because I'll be a liar. And I'm not here to be a hypocrite. But I know that that is something that I know I need to focus on in order to address the needs of my children, to it, and for others to address the needs of their children or their loved ones. I recently began became a grandfather. And with that, I was like, what stability do I need to have in my life to instill in my children who aren't yet parents in order for them and for all of our generations to to have a full and loving life? I want to be better. I need to be better. I know that a lot of the thoughts I was having about some of the people I bullied and in preparation for this particular episode, I want to make amends. You know, I work in addictions and some people use the 12 steps and like Alcoholics Anonymous, Narcotics Anonymous. I know that that is one of the hardest things I would have to do to address the wrongs I've done. But I know I think that in order for me to become further enlightened and be a better person, I need to unburden myself subconsciously and through actions about the harm that I have done.
1: Yes, sir. And it's it's big that you, um you know, verbalize that, that you want to make amends, you're willing to make amends. But I think it's important to note, you know, like you said, obviously you can't go back in time. I told you once before, I do a lot of acceptance and commitment therapy. And one of the core principles of that therapy is mindfulness and committed action, right? Value-based action. And mindfulness, man, you, you mentioned it a second, but it's, it's a conscious state of awareness, right? Living in the present moment, being fully engaged and aware of what you're doing in that moment. And one of the things that mindfulness stress is the only time you can influence behavior is in the here and now. You can't influence it five minutes from now. You can't influence it five years ago, right? Only in the here and now. So, that being said, you think about making amends. How can you make amends for what you did in the past? Committed action, values based action. Continue to do the work you do as a licensed therapist and teach people about bullying prevention, the effects of bullying. You know what I mean? Resources to reach out and um, intervene when people are dealing with that type of stuff. That's how you make amends, by being a part of the solution and not the problem, because obviously you can't go back in time. But focusing on the here and now, you can influence your behavior in here and now by those type of things to make amends and continue to doing the good work. But um, yeah, man, prevention is is um something that really has to be um at the forefront of it. It's a, and it's a lot of things that schools can do, parents and teachers can do, kids can do. Um, you know, I think one of the things that's you know we can automatically point out in terms of schools is training school staff and students, um, uh, you know, about prevention methods and how to address bullying, and um, that can sustain um bullying prevention efforts over time because there are really no federal mandates as far as like um a bullying curriculum or staff training, but there are things that um staff and schools can do. Okay, you know, teachers can include activities about bullying. All right. Um, they can include them in their lessons, you know, like talking about bullying prevention, and then there's activities they can do. You know, they can have um, kids do internet research, such as looking up the types of bullying and how to prevent it, how they should respond. Schools can give presentations, you know, teachers can give presentations. Um, you know, um, when they talk about um, role playing on, on stopping bullying and stuff like that, um, you know, creative writing, such as poems, speaking out against bullies or, or, or stuff like that. So it's a lot of stuff they could do. Um, artistic work, um, such as collages, um, about respect or the effects of bullying. And just having classroom meetings, and again, you know, staff training and things like that. So it's a lot of stuff that they, you know, that we could do as a whole to to kind of address bullying. Um, point people in the direction of resources like the National Suicide Hotline, StopBullying.gov. All right. So um, we just have to be active, man, and and in, in, in the work that we do. We have to be active in the work that we do. I got a kid here at my office door. Felipe, let me let me get run him away real quick.
0: <laughs> and now for a slight commercial.
1: The hardest thing with mental health is it becomes a spiral, and sometimes all you literally need is a little catalyst to like help you to stop.
0: When I'm in pain or when I'm suffering, like I have a really hard time reaching out and asking
1: for help. I know it's so hard to talk about mental health, but when you don't talk about it,
0: you feel more isolated, you feel more alone.
1: If you feel something in your gut, if you feel something's wrong, you should, you know, talk to them about that.
0: Sometimes starting a conversation with someone about their mental health can seem awkward, but your support can make a huge difference. And I think that that's
1: hopeful in those, like, really dark times. You might not know what to say, but there are a lot of things you can say to open things up.
0: I know you're going through some stuff and I want you to know I'm here.
1: You know, I deal with the same issues as well.
0: Maybe it's me, but I was wondering if you're all right.
1: Learn more about how to start the conversation at SeizeTheAwkward.org.
0: How to continue the talk with your friend about their mental health after you ask about how they were feeling. Put down that phone. Do it. Nobody's texting you. Phone down. Good. Now it's time to listen. If they're not ready to talk yet, check back in later. I'm always here if you want to talk. Okay? That was great. Find out how you can help a friend with their mental health at SeizeTheAwkward.org. Awkward.
1: So, um, but you know, before we went to commercial break, we was just talking about prevention and, um, but, um, yeah, you know, it's a lot of stuff that, that could be doing that, that could be done, Felipe. And I just think it's, it's a, it's an all hands-on effort. Okay. It's going to teachers, school, social workers, school administrators, everybody has to work together, students. Um, so, you know, um, Training can take place in in many forms such as staff meetings. There could be one day training sessions. Um, teaching through modeling such as you know talk about preferred behavior and things like that. You know, schools controls any combination of training, but um you know it's always going to be based on available funding and the staff resources and stuff like that. But um, it's a lot. It's a lot that could be done. You know, and again you got resources like the CDC website, stopbullying.gov, the National Suicide Hotline, things like that. And we just have to be, uh, we have to be active, man. We have to be more proactive than reactive when it, when it comes to these things. And um, um, that's just something to, to, to kind of think about, you know, when, when it comes to uh, bullying.
0: What were some of the resources that you indicated before that can help people regarding getting help as it pertains to them being bullied?
1: Yeah. So yeah, um, you got stopbullying.gov. All right, you got um, you got uh, you got CDC.com. Uh, you got the National Suicide Hotline. Those are just the name of those. Are just the name of to, to name a few. You know what I mean? Um, but it, it's 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 a, it's tons of resources out there. It's as simple as um, it's it's as simple as uh, doing a doing a quick Google search. On, on something like um, resources for bullying. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, you know, we just have to be, we have to be uh, proactive more so than reactive. Or in other words, um, we we have to, we have to, uh, we have to get ahead of the problem, man. And, and that's, that's pretty much, you know, pretty much how you, how you, how you address any problem, you know, get ahead of it.
0: Indeed. And remember, communication is the Achilles heel of any relationship. It means if you're not talking, if you're not speaking, if you're not communicating, then problems can't arrive. Problems will come forth. Have these open lines of communication with your children and not only your children, with your children's staff, the teachers, the principal, the guidance counselor, the vice principal, etc. I make sure that I know my teachers, you know, my my students, teachers, my clients, my stu- uh, my <laughs> my kids, teachers and principals and all that. And because I attend and I am so invested in the school and you know spend adequate time there, you know, talking to these people and meeting with them, they know my kids by name. They know yeah. they know my kids likes and dislikes. They know you know if they talk about where they're gonna go or what they're gonna do. They are they they know they check up on them or they ask about it. I. I know my kids go to a, you know, they they actually go to a very special school because, honestly, I didn't have that type of interaction when I was in elementary, middle, or high school. You know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah, of course, my teachers knew my name, but did they know me to to where I thought they were truly invested? And, of course, this is elementary school. They probably won't have the same thing in middle school or anything like that, but it's good to have now. I feel like if you're not invested in the school, if you're not talking to the teachers or the principals, even if these if these types of things are happening, they probably want to get addressed as readily if you were involved more readily. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, oh yeah. And
1: um, healing from it can take uh, f- take, you know, it can take many forms. I think it's important to note that most healing from bullying is probably not really going to be addressed until adulthood. You know what I mean? Because people carry that stuff with them for years and years to come. It's like like I told you, I'm an, I'm an assessment clinician in my full-time position in a, um, an inpatient facility in the hospital. And a lot of times when I talk to kids that are experiencing like suicidal ideation or they're having self-interest behaviors such as cutting and mutilating themselves, a lot of times when I ask them about any type of trauma, I always, I always ask them like, well, you know, excuse me, have you had any bullying in your past, now in the past? Because I always like to make it clear to them, them and the parents that, Hey, bullying is a form of, of psychological trauma and emotional trauma. All right. And so a lot of times, you know, people don't think about that, but then they'll tell me like, yeah, well, you know, I got bullied in fourth grade and fifth grade and sixth grade. And now I'm in the eighth grade. I haven't had any bullying, but the effects of that stuff lingers, man. And most times it lingers Felipe into adulthood because most people are just not going to address that during their um, grade school years, you know, Unless you have parents that are just really up to snuff and are really emotionally present to what's going on, things like that, that are having you in therapy consistently and things like that, um, it's probably going to get swept under the rug. It's probably going to get um, repressed, right? And you're going to go through the next several years, kind of keep it deep down below, but the effects of it are still going to be pretty pretty prevalent. It's going to affect your work relationships. It's going to affect personal relationships. In relationships, all that type of stuff you know so um it's important man to, to heal from it and it's a lot of different um things a lot of different ways to heal from it but you know just the name of a few um acknowledging bullying in your past all right um that's one of the first ways to heal from it you know and again i do a lot of acceptance and commitment therapy so that's nothing more than acceptance you know what i mean Acknowledge that, you know, it happened. A lot of people like to minimize it or dismiss it or pretend it didn't happen, which only is going to cause more anxiety in the long run, right? Um, you know, they carry these feelings of guilt, shame, or self-blame and stuff like that. Um, but the only way to, to begin to heal in the process that is to recognize it, that it occurred, all right, and, and you weren't responsible for it. So that's just accepting it. You know, it's okay to feel have those feelings of guilt and shame and, and things like that. But, you know, allow them to calm, sit with you, acknowledge that they're there, even if you have to verbalize it. You know, I notice that I'm, I'm ashamed of what happened to me when I was in middle school. You know, I notice that I'm feeling anxiety about what happened to me. Acknowledge it, verbalize it, right? Allow those feelings to come and and, and and recognize how they feel in your body. You know, where do you feel in your body? Is it your chest? Is it your stomach? So that's the first thing, acknowledge it and accepting. And then once you do that, you can begin to heal. But you have to first... Um, acknowledge and accept that it happened. Um, other things such as prioritizing your health and your recovery, all right? Uh, victims of bullying often deal with a host of health issues such as anxiety, headaches, eating disorders, things like that. If you're noticing these types of symptoms, talk to your healthcare provider about the symptoms you're having. You know, talk to a therapist um, because you got to remember, bullying, man, affects more than just your mood and self-esteem. It can have serious um, impacts on your health, all right? So um, prioritize your health. You know, start to exercise. Um, eat healthy foods. You know, talk to a therapist. All right, talk to your provider. Um. Other things you can do is just recognize your own value and worth. Um, a lot of times, people lose confidence and self esteem. All right, um, because you start to formulate uh, an opinion about you know how you feel. You you know what you're worth. Your your um think you know uh. uh self-worth and um, self-esteem you start to kind of doubt that or or your um your mind will play tricks on you tell you lies about your work all right so you have to reject those type of lies and you have to replace them with the truth about who you are because one thing about it felipe and again this goes back to a lot of uh, one of the therapy approaches that i use um except it's a commitment therapy we talk about two things when it comes to the mind you got a part of the mind that notices and then you have a part of the, so you got the part of the mind that always think, you know, memories, um, think about what you're gonna do, things that happened in the past, things like that. But then you also got this part of of yourself that notice, right? That's what we call the notice itself. So you have to notice that it's more to you than your thoughts, right? We're separate from our thoughts. So you have to notice um, who you are, what you stand for, you know, um, you got to recognize this stuff, recognize your value and work. You know, you, you separate from the anxiety and the depression that you have going through your mind or your body. So, um, you know, those are just a few things uh, and it's, you know, again, always do research on it, but those are just a few things you can do to um, heal from bullying. Of course, is always seek seek therapy, seek trauma support. There's a lot of therapists that specialize in trauma to help you process and unpack that type of stuff. So those are just a few things that you can do to kind of begin to heal from it. And of course, there's a lot more things Felipe.
0: Indeed. Indeed. Well, you know, I think we just touched the tip of the iceberg regarding this topic. Oh yeah. If you are being bullied, please reach out to a mental health therapist. Re- please reach out to your parents. If your child is being bullied, you know what I'm saying? Please reach out to the administrators of that school. As an adult, we may not think of ourselves as being bullied, but a lot of us are bullied in the workplace. You know, contact HR if that's an option, or if it's not, go to corporate. Get in contact with your EAP to get extra support if that's an option at your agency. All uh, all we want out of myself is for you to be well and be great. Al, any final words? Yeah, just, uh, you know. What you said just um
1: uh, ended and I think you know you have to find closure to move on. And that's an essential part of any type of recovery is to move beyond what happened to you. Okay, you acknowledge the impact that it had on you, but you have to detach from it at some point. Okay. Um, so that's just pretty much um what I want to say. Um, you know, and uh always uh you know, like Felipe said, seek help. That's what you have licensed professors like ourselves here to kind of help people heal from that stuff. So always seek help, prioritize your health. Behavior, health, and mental health. And so, you know, y'all be well until next time.
0: That concludes another episode of More Than Therapy. If you haven't already, please subscribe to More Than Therapy wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Hey, boss. Okay. Said I'm fine.
1: Really, really hard for you. so so felipe you gonna um uh,